welcome and welcome and welcome and welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love for the best of. Yeah, you'd think after 70 I'd be good at this. Welcome to episode 70, the worst of. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always are my co-hosts Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. How's it going? Uh, it's been a quiet week in the world of football, isn't it? Not, not a lot going on. Very quiet. Mm. I think the uh, the soccer gods heard us last week. We were like, ah, oh, not much news. We can probably skip over that. Nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, don't need to put anything in. Like, Mars Offside boys are doing a best of show, so we'll just keep it quiet on our end. Yeah. They're like, oh, you want some news? We'll fucking give you some news. <laughs> <laughs> it is no going to be rapid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certain news stories... Breaking, obviously, a day after we fucking recorded. <laughs> no, the day of, would it? I can't remember. Nah, I think it was... I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But uh, I guess that is a good transition then, as we shall go straight into our rapid, rapid, rapid-fire news. Top story this week, obviously... Everybody's talking about it. It's the big one. Crystal Palace are weeks away from a $215 million takeover by a mystery consortium. Uh, the deal could be done before Christmas, although usual last-minute snags and negotiation delays may see the process drift into the new year. The source of the money behind the takeover bid remains a mystery, but it is believed to be a diverse consortium of wealthy individuals and companies from different parts of the world. Where was this reported from, Sorry. Uh, I believe you were the one that sent the link over, and it is from a very uh, reputable. He didn't click on it himself. Yeah, <laughs> called the Sun. A publication called the Sun. Is that a, that's one of the good ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't click on the link. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Deliberately don't. Never do. Only screenshot for what hate, <laughs> and uh, specifically use that newspaper to start fires. Um, <laughs> Am I going to be getting some weird ads now on other websites I visit? Oh, you didn't click on it, did you? I did. I just read straight from the text of it. Uh, oh, you it. bloody fool. They've got you now. That's it. <laughs> I'm in their database. Yeah, they'll be tapping your phones and everything. Um, football clubs and people potentially buying and people from all around the world and an unknown, unknown amount of money. And, yeah, bollocks. What, what I'm worried about, diverse consortium. If my pension pot's going into you <laughs> fucking buying Crystal Palace. It's the Palace, Brexit fund, mate. It's the Brexit I'm going to be absolutely furious. Take 200 million out of the NHS and use it to buy Crystal Palace. <laughs> I want no part of it. Oh, gee, so there's no smoke to this uh, fire started by the Sun newspaper? <laughs> oh, who fucking knows? Who cares? Next. All right, let's let's move on then. Let's get to the actually big stuff, of course. Big, big stuff. After several wonderful years, gentlemen, I am sorry to report that a big manager has been sacked. I am, of course, talking about Cardiff City having parted company with manager <laughs> Neil Warnock. Fucking point in carrying on this fucking podcast now. Yeah, specifically this podcast. What is the point? What's the point? Uh, Chuck, I have the, a quote here from him, and I will do my best to do his voice, although I'm not nearly as good as you. Uh, no, I don't even know. I can't do it. Oh, God. Oh, you even took a breath in. I know, I was... I know. You're throwing your hat in, mate. I don't actually know what he sounds like other than that one sentence of, uh, <laughs> it a lovely time. 
Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know if this is what he sounds like at all, but I'm just going to go off of your impression of him. So I'm doing an impression of your impression. Let's see. Sure. 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 I'm leaving my blood. <laughs> Brilliant. I didn't realize Neil Warnock was like a boss in Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely have no idea what he sounds like other than Lovelitz. Like halfway through the first word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Brilliant. I couldn't get it out. Okay. I'm leaving my beloved Bluebirds after over three years of which have been some of the best days in my long football career. It is a shared belief that this is the right time for a new voice as we believe this squad of players is more than capable of getting success. Shared belief. Do we... <laughs> Do we believe the sharedness of that belief or uh... <laughs> do we share in that belief? I don't think so. No, not really. I don't know. I think it's a rough, there's been a rough old time there. Like obviously yeah. we, we forget about the Emiliano Salah stuff, which is still yeah. ongoing. And you could tell like Warnock took back hugely personally. And, you know, the emotions that they went through in that Cardiff season, like, and and the good value he was just in every interview and every week and standing in the centre circle, staring out referees with his hands on his head and, uh, you know, saying his wife will punch referees or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so it is a shame, but he'll get another job. He'll go somewhere. Yeah, Peter will get promoted. Then we'll be in the relegation zone of the championship and we'll fucking hire him. Oh, don't swear at that because it'll get you in the prem. Yeah, you could do worse <laughs> than him. That's what you want, mate. That's the dream. Then we'd be talking about the posh every single week. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's true. That's we do true. miss his content. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd double down, I suppose, if he was posh manager. The lovely times could just start over in, uh, in Peterborough instead. Up in the north in Peterborough. All right, let's move on then to the actual big manager story this week, of course. Um, there's only so many times we can kind of push this back. Uh, we have straight from the BBC, gentlemen, uh, Argentina legend Diego Maradona has quit as manager of Gymnasia <laughs> and Esgrima La Plata less than three months after taking charge of the club. When an Argentinian manager like that just le- just leaves a club, it's just so, so gutting, isn't it? It's yeah, so they really, you know, the Argentinians really make a stamp on things and... yeah. You know, he had such an impact uh, in the cushion on that throne. Um, you can still <laughs> s- still see the impressions of his ass cheeks. Um, yeah. It was weird how the arms of that throne were, like, mirrored. <laughs> really, really weird. Yeah, weird. Some sort of residue on this. Can someone give that a dust? That's just, yeah, okay, really weird. Yeah. Notable Argentinian manager to sort of leave his post this week. Really nothing else to say. No. All right, let's move on then to uh, the actual one this time. And I'm not kidding. Tottenham have sacked manager (laughs) Mauricio Pochettino after five years in charge of the Premier League club. Uh, You know, a legend, five and a half years, zero trophies domestically, zero trophies international. Clearly their greatest ever manager. (laughs) You love fucking winding them up, don't you? Jesus Christ. And I can't wait for uh, when Tottenham play Chelsea next. It'll be hilarious. Um, I think... Like, firstly, Tottenham sack him. Like, he's had one bad run of fixtures. One. This one. And I think people forget, like, how bad Tottenham were before. Yeah, how quickly they've forgotten. Like, they won no trophies before him. Like, yeah, okay, they won no trophies with him. But... He hasn't won negative trophies. Yeah, he hasn't lost any trophies. Um, oh, no, Audi Cup. That preseason tournament, he won that, I think. Was that one of the ones they award themselves, like the Emirates Cup that Arsenal won? 
Yeah, yeah, sort of like ones that you've got arm patches for in your Chelsea shirts. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's just mad. But I mean, we spoke about it for long enough that there seems to have been something wrong in the dressing room and all manner of other things. But I don't know. I I just can't wait for this Amazon Prime documentary, man. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So uh, to get serious for a moment, do we think that it's the right decision for them to sort of leave him behind. Like, you, yes, he was he was genuinely, like I joked, but he was genuinely a really good manager. And I think somebody's going to be better off for getting him. Hugely. And he could go to anyone. He can go anywhere he wants. Yeah, I mean, the rumors are Bayern Munich right now. Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid, Man United. So I think Arsenal should go in for him just as like the ultimate troll move, but also he'd be a <laughs> massive upgrade for them. And oh, you know huge. he'd want to get one in back on Tottenham. Like, he would love that. I think Neil Warnock would be an upgrade for Arsenal right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking. He's he'll, he'll looking. He's looking. I mean, you can't sack all the players. And that relationship was well beyond repair, right? So, like, what do you do? I think it probably is the right decision. However, the circumstances that have led to this situation developing were kind of out of his control. And I think he's... The new stadium and not, you know, Daniel Levy not really opening his checkbook much apart from this year um, has kind of led him down this path that this end was kind of inevitable. Like it was very hard. You know, we said about it before that when you don't bring in new people and get fresh perspective and, you know, get rid of some of the people. Like, you look at Christian Eriksen, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. And he's been there no. since, since he was one of the ones that Gareth, they bought with the Gareth Bale money. So what's that, six years now, I think? Six, seven years? And you just need to, to refresh like some of those positions. And he, and he didn't get to do that. And so, you know, it was, it was kind of stuck in a situation that uh, at some point something was going to give. And it's just mad because he will go, his stock is so high and he'll be able to go anywhere and see what happens with... But uh, regarding like his future... I read something, I can't remember where I read it, so I'm really sorry to just sort of steal it, but he operates, and this is what I read, uh, like fit in or fuck off mentality. And right. if if he moves to, because he, he should be able to move to a massive club, like you're saying, how is that going to work with like a club that has already established huge egos? Like he's been able to take Tottenham from a club that weren't doing particularly well to Champions League finals and stuff. Is he going to be able to go to a PSG or a Bayern Munich? Yes, I, I think so. Because if you look at, I mean, Bayern have obviously just cleared out a few players and, and some of like the, the older generation. And I think that kind of, exactly like you said, the fit in or go somewhere else mentality is what he did the first time at Spurs and got them all on side and they all bought into it. But then as they get older, and like you said, the egos take over, he needs to ship people out to bring in more so that they they are then hungry and not complacent, which is what that team got. When you don't have competition for places, when you don't have new transfers coming in, what the fuck? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to get picked every week. That's it. And so I think if he goes to one of those clubs, it has to be to be backed um, and to be allowed to just say, right, these players, we'll get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. This is who we're bringing in. This is what we're doing. And kind of be given that free reign to build a club uh, as he sees fit and, and be able to operate that further. Because otherwise, the same thing will happen, that he'll get the results at the start and then gradually peter off if he's not back. Yeah, and I think uh, just to build off of that, Ian, I think you're exactly right. 
like 99% of years, I think there would be a lot of concern for him going to a big club because of the egos thing. Because I think part of what laid, allowed him to be so successful at Tottenham is that all those kids were so young and they didn't have, they didn't know any other way, right? Like Ali, Kane, Dyer, even Ericsson had never been at like a truly big club. He was coming from the Dutch league. Like, so that allowed him to sort of grow up in his system. And so he was able to sort of shape them in a certain way. And that's why he was able to last for a while. But I think he happens just by pure circumstance to be entering a job market where a lot of very big name clubs are in transition, are phasing out old players. You look at Bayern Munich, obviously, as one of them. They just lost Robin and Ribery. And there's a lot of sort of turmoil. That's part of why they've been shaky for the last two years. But you also look at Barcelona, and they are, I think, the fifth oldest average age club in all of the five big leagues in Europe. Like, they're massively old. And they're still building everything around, uh, wow, I just called him Rooney almost, Messi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My brain's a bit off. Um, they're still building around Messi, but he's 32. Like, they need to start looking to the future. And so they could be bringing him in. Likewise, at United, like, they're running out kids, you know. If I, I'm madly in love with Frank Lampard as a manager and just as a human being, will you marry me, please? But like, <laughs> I think it, other, if it wasn't for that, like Chelsea would be a perfect place for him to come because we have so many youth coming through. Like, there's a lot of big clubs with very young squads or very old squads who need to transition to young squads. And so I think he is in the exact right climate to get hired somewhere and do a good job. Um, but the concern, the flip side of that being that like you've heard three or four anonymous players named you know G gary kane <laughs> um coming out and being like look he's a fucking asshole he never cared about us as people okay. and he made us run double sessions all the time and that's fine at first because you got to build your system and you got to build the mentality and you have to get the energy levels for us to do all the running and the pressing that we've done yeah but in our fifth year, like, bro, give us a fucking day off is basically what all the quotes coming out have been. And, like, it seems like the players just got tired of – because he is, like, a shut up and go do more sprints. And that's and that's exactly it. And that's why if you don't get the refreshment in that kind of level, it's naturally going to happen. I really dislike that, though. If you're a top-level athlete, you – you should be doing whatever you need to do to win, and they were doing better under him. I mean, I get what you're saying, a malaise take, kicks in after a few years. Well, not but... even that. I just think it's like, like at a certain point, they do know the system and they're in shape. Like, it's okay yeah. to give your guys a day off once in a while. I do think that there's a certain nah. level of like, chill out a bit, you know? Nah. I mean, that's probably part of the reason. Like, you look at Harry Kane and he has no ankles, and like, all these guys are like, seem way older than they actually are. And that might be from running double sessions and never having a day off for five years. Like, I kind of get what they're saying from that perspective. Yeah. And I, I think that also speaks to, like, the magic of Klopp. Because Klopp does the same thing. But those players, you know, at Liverpool yeah. now and also at Dortmund before he left, like, have not tired of it and are not looking to revolt. They still really buy into it. And there's, like, a real cult of personality around him that mm. I think was the missing sort of element from Pochettino is that he didn't take the old, like, arm around the shoulder, I care about you, so that's why you want to run 10,000 miles for me? Yeah. Yeah, but there's also the amount, the volume of players that Klopp has bought and the amount of money spent as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you can't ignore that either. That, but. That's been that's been built on year on year on year, whereas Pochettino had two whole years of not a single new face in. Yeah. And then a few here, like this season, two of which haven't played basically because they've been injured. All right, let's, let's move on then. 
uh, to instead of sacking, obviously, the other big story this week is all about hiring. Um, Neil Harris, ex-Millwall boss, has been appointed new Cardiff City manager. Yes. The ex-Millwall boss, 42, has signed until the summer of 2022 and replaces Neil Warnock, obviously, as we mentioned. Obviously. Why are Millwall doing quite well, though, Ian? You're like lower league man. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, where are Millwall? They're no Preston, are they? No Preston. Preston a second. Definitely no Preston. I also have that opinion. <laughs> Does that mean that Preston are good or Preston are bad? Preston are in third. They're okay. doing. They're Preston doing well. Preston are good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I think Neil Harris stepped down. Okay, so it was Harry. It was Neil's decision. Good old Neil. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the actual big hiring. Um, after a long, long time away from the manager's role, finally. He's back, baby, and I could not be any more excited. Argentina legend Diego Maradona said he is to return as manager of Gymnasia two yes. days after quitting. Because you can't keep a good man down. Uh, when was the last time you quit a job and came back two days later? And are they fucking insane for taking him back? When I left a big bag of coke under the throne that I'd left. <laughs> 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 forgot me bag, forgot me bag. Oh, actually, Diego, while you're here, we were we were talking. Like, are you sure you want to? Oh God, yeah, I'll stay. All right, fuck it. Fuck yeah, I'll stay. Let's have a fucking party. <laughs> Show me the fucking dignitaries. Fuck off. Oh, <laughs> Diego. uh, Diego's back. Yeah, Diego, 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 Diego. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> jokes are done. Genuinely, genuinely, actually, this time jokes are done. The big story, and this will be a perfect transition to the first match of the week. Josie Mourinho, motherfucker, is back. He has been appointed Tottenham manager about 16 hours, 12 hours after Pochettino's firing. Apparently, this had been in the works for a while, um, and they just didn't tell anybody. Is this a good move for Spurs? And I will throw to Ian first. Because he probably isn't expecting it. So. <laughs> well, I I mean, the problem is that we've since seen West Ham Tottenham, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, because, one match doesn't make this a good or bad no, decision one necessarily. Match doesn't, but and it's West Ham. I know, and they were terrible. But I, I <laughs> so think... Bad. They were really bad. But I think ultimately, Jose is not an upgrade. The problem is, of course, you've sort of uh, convinced me with all the stuff you've been saying there, that if the players aren't behind Poch, although Deli Ali sort of in his post match was quite nice about Poch saying, you know, it's been Very it's nice. been yeah, it's been tough, you know, sort of this this week and that and he didn't have to say anything like that. He could have said, Oh, we're just moving on, you know, we're just happy to sort of be in a new system, blah blah blah. But he didn't. And I don't know, I I'm just not sure Jose can be considered an upgrade these days. I'm surprised that Tottenham acted when they did, I know that they're 14th and it's hilarious, or they're not 14th now, probably. I don't know. But 10th, uh, I think. Yeah, so fair enough. One win's put them up to 10th or whatever. But then that's all Potts needed as well. I don't, I'm not convinced it's an upgrade. I wonder if, is he going to, is Levy going to suddenly spend some money? Because Jose usually needs that. I don't know. They're spending enough on him. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, did you see that? He's making fifteen million a year. He's on. He's on three hundred grand a week. It's really crazy. But you know, they look good against West Ham, so it's hard to say. It's hard to say negative things at the minute. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It's it, it. It all depends, obviously, on what Jose they get because 
when Jose came to United, he was still like at the start, was still like the kind of miserable, like not really yeah. engaged kind of Jose. But if you saw him on the sideline, like celebrating his goals, that was that was like vintage Jose Mourinho, like the mm. way he was, and he was he was happy and. You know, the little slide digs of, oh, no, you know, I'm I'm being very humble, I'm being very humble. And then, like, two minutes later saying, I don't know what it's like to lose a Champions League final. <laughs> he just can't help himself. <laughs> he can't help it. He can't and, help himself. You know, saying he was, he was quite open and direct and saying, like, I, I did nothing for this team. And a, a bit of a dig there at Pochettino, like, I did nothing. Like, I didn't change the system. I didn't try and force anything on them. He just... <laughs> just my mere presence. <laughs> he just literally, he picked the best players and, and put them in a in a formation that works for them and then away you go. Like, I think attacking-wise, it was mental to see all of a sudden how much hunger Tottenham had going forward and, and the amount of pace. I mean... The desire, like the Deli Alley, when it, before uh, was it Mora's goal? I think um, when he f- Ali falls on the floor and yeah. the ball's rolling out, and he has the just presence of mind to just flick the ball behind him, but well, above yeah. him because he was lying down down the <laughs> down the wing to Sun. Who oh, yeah. that was just amazing. And if that's the way they're going to go, because their defense, I. I can't see them sorting it, Jose sorting out a defence anytime soon. Like there are some ricks in there, that <laughs> is very bad. But if if he just goes all out and just let Tottenham attack and play four two three one, like it's going to be fun to watch again. In in a vein that we could say kind of like Frank Lampard has been at Chelsea if he stays on this sustained method because his mm-hmm. pragmatic approach of sitting back and the park the bus like it's not going to work with those players no and, but I do think the park the bus thing is like more of a myth than a reality in terms of the actual tactics having had six years experience with Jose over two different stints at Chelsea um, I think they're going to get two and a half really good years <laughs> out of Jose and then obviously we'll see what happens in the third because yeah. Maybe he is the gentle one Standard. now, maybe he's not, right? But um, I'll tell you two people who should be very happy, and if they aren't already, they will be madly in love with him within, you know, by Christmas, and that is Deli Alley and Son, um, because they are exactly the type of players that Jose gets the best out of, that they will 100% buy into the hype, they'll be sipping the Kool-Aid, and they will love playing in his system. Um, and, and we'll get into the system a little more later, but I, I think that... Sometimes it really is just like, yeah, pick the best players and let them do the things that they're good at. Like, that's kind of what Lampard is doing, too, to a certain extent. And that's the opposite of what Emery is doing. And it's just like, <laughs> pick your fucking best players and, like, and just go. Like, he, if it, it really is – it sounds so simple, but it is a very, like, valuable skill to be able to see who the best 11 are and where they should be. So, just – to round this off, because we will obviously cover it later and come back to it, but does this mean that you're going to uh, soften on Tottenham? No, not at all. No, they're a fucking joke. <laughs> Actually, so yeah, so Chelsea Twitter has been a very, very interesting place this week, as you might imagine. Oh, I bet. If you had told me last week that Jose was going to take a job at Tottenham, I would have told you that he'd be dead to me and I'd feel utterly betrayed and he's a traitor. And that certainly has been the reaction of quite a few people online. Um, and I think that if he had gone to Arsenal, I would feel that way. But I think this actually revealed a truth to me that I didn't realize was a truth about myself. And that is that I just think of Tottenham as a complete fucking joke. So I'm not at all like, <laughs> like I'm uh. mostly just, and this is like, you know, we joke a lot about like, oh, I hate Tottenham. I hate Liverpool, blah, blah, blah. 
like, I think genuinely, I feel bad for Jose that, like, this is where his career has gone to, that, like, he has to go work at Tottenham now because he can't get a better job than that. Oh, woe is me. Oh, I can't go to Tottenham. Oh, £15 million a year. Oh, car. Yeah, I don't know. As if he gives know. a shit. He is loving it. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and like, good it. for him, but, like... It, this hurts less than it did seeing him on the United sideline. He is the Sam Allardyce of the top six. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a merry-go-round of elite managers, too, that just kind of move around. Conte. We've had them all. Conte. Carlo Ancelotti. Josie, Jose. Yeah, like, there's just a bunch of managers at that level who just move around country and co- country to country and just do their thing. Um, and I think it is weird. And, uh, and obviously, I feel kind of gross about him being at Tottenham, and it, it sucks. But I was saying to Emily, uh, not to be too melodramatic, but when you break up with someone, they're not yours anymore, and you can't really judge them for, like, who they date next. And, like, you kind of do, but you kind of know that you have no right to hold that against them, and, and it, it feels that way. It's like, we had our time in the sun, but now he's gone. And, like, I guess I just want the best for him, and it's not Arsenal. If it was Arsenal, fuck you, you're dead to me, but, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of okay with it. I kind of want him to thrive because I don't see Tottenham as an actual threat. I just don't. And is that the distinction between Tottenham and Arsenal? Yeah, like, I think Arsenal right. are genuinely an elite or could be an elite club. Because they've won trophies and right. Okay. Well, and also like the players that they have and the yeah. money that they have. Okay. Like they have Ozil. And yes, he's not the Ozil that he was, but they signed him from Real fucking Madrid and there were other clubs that wanted him. And they had Alexis Sanchez when he was Alexis Sanchez. Has lost him for free. And they have two of the best strikers in Europe. Lacazette and Aubameyang could both be playing at pretty much any fucking club and be thriving. Yeah. And instead, they're stuck at Arsenal, like, with Emery, not knowing what to do. So if there was a manager that went into Arsenal, like Jose Mourinho, I think they fucking really missed an opportunity to land him if he's apparently willing to go work for a North London club. Like, they should have been throwing all of the money at him the way Tottenham did. That would terrify me because I think Arsenal have the talent to be like up there. Yeah, but they don't have the defense, so it's irrelevant, isn't it? Jose can squeeze every last ounce out of a defense with his tactical setup. Tottenham's defense is better than Arsenal's defense, and that is a fact. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly, cold hard fact. <laughs> but yeah, let, so let's go to the actual match. Our first match of the week. Uh, also, by the way, cue the jingle. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. West Ham 2, Tottenham 3. West Ham scoring 2 on only 0.6. They are the Burnley of the week. Burnley of the week, and you lose. And they lost. And that's because we decide how the rules work, people. (laughs) That is the worst Burnley of the week we've ever had. I know, but they more than tripled their XG. Oh, that's (laughs) one of the best Burnley of the weeks we've ever had. Yeah, they they did 0.6 and scored (laughs) 2. So that's like times 3.5, basically. Uh, and Tottenham 2.3 scoring three. So a pretty deserved win for Tottenham. And like a real fascinating watch because he said after the match, like, oh, I didn't really do anything tactically, blah, blah, blah. But that's a load of shit. He's just doing his like, that's Mourinho back on his bullshit because yeah. like I took notes. I genuinely watched this one and like took a bunch of notes. Ooh. And it really, really was like a um, old school Mourinho setup. Kane was playing the old school Drogba role. Kane, here's a stat for you, had been offside six times all season coming into this match, was offside three times in this one. 
Well, that's not very good, is it? He's meant to be onside. Good point, Well, it's because he's not very fast, so he's trying to cheat. But, uh, <laughs> he's trying to cheat. You know, <laughs> lucky there isn't some sort of camera system in place. <laughs> that's really heavily looking at offside. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Um, but I think that's indicative of like his tactical deployment compared to where he had been playing earlier, which was dropping a lot deeper and kind of playing as a midfielder. Kind I mean, of we've been talking 10. about him being practically defensive midfield, yeah. Right, and he was playing really high up and looking to get in behind consistently. That that tailed off in the second half. I think part of that was him getting tired. Yeah. Part of that was like other stuff going on. But certainly in the first like half, he was really looking to get up there and was playing really high up. And that's like very much part of a successful Mourinho team, right? Uh, Deli Ali was playing as an 8-10 hybrid, which is also known as the Oscar role back <laughs> from the second time at Chelsea. Oh, I thought you were talking about yourself. About you, yeah. That's how Gosti used to play uh, back in the day when he was banging in goals in the Premier League. I was like, yeah, you might right. have to fill us in on how you played, Oscar. I never saw you, sorry. It doesn't matter. He, now he went big money to China and uh, uh, never saw him again. Okay. Yeah, so he basically plays as like a defensive 10, people call it, which is to say that he does a lot of pressing, a lot of tackling, but also fulfills a lot of the traditional tactical functions of a 10, which is like creating from the edge of the box or so. Um, the most notable and the one everybody's talking about is the back four slash back three hybrid where you have one fullback who's allowed to attack, formerly the Branislav Ivanovic role, um, now Serge Aurier's role. And the other fullback not allowed anywhere past the halfway line, formerly Azpilicueta, now Ben Davies. And so when they're in attack, like Aurier's bombing way the fuck up. Yeah, because he can't defend. <laughs> Correct. And uh, the other three stay way back. Like if you look at the center backs... They do not move up in a Jose system. And that's not the same as parking the bus, but they don't go like, they never venture into the attacking half. And that was very much evident there. Um, what else? We had a middle block. So not parking the bus again, not sitting deep with two rows, but with keeping certain players back and only pressing with certain triggers, specifically the first or second or third touch when you lose possession or whenever a pass gets played backwards towards the center backs of the other team, then they hit the gun, the hit the, what's the thing in a car? The accelerator? They gun it and <laughs> try to get the ball back. Like they only press, it's not a constant pressing system. It's pressing for specific no things. No wasted energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And there was a really true double pivot from Dyer and Winks. One of them would go up, one of them would stay back. And then the other one would go up and the other one would stay back. And Aurier was playing like further up than them quite a bit. Then the pivot. Again, because he can't defend. <laughs> <laughs> and then the attacking band of three, which we used to call Mazakar, uh, Mata, Hazard, and Oscar. Uh, back in the day, they had Mora, Sun, and Delhi, and the three of them just interchanged freely. Sometimes Sun was on the left, sometimes Sun was on the right. Mora was moving all around. Delhi mostly stayed central because he's playing that 8-10 hybrid, but also had the freedom to roam, um, which I think people think Mourinho's systems are very rigid, but in fact, they're very, very fluid. It's just fluid in really specific ways. And so I, there was just so much there. Because I used to write like tactical match reports. I would spend like seven hours doing like diagrams with arrows and like highlighting areas of the pitch and all this shit. Like, and this was at the height of Mourinho's second time around at Chelsea. So I was able to recognize that shit like right away. And it was a like just night and day change from... Pochettino's system, which has them pressing all the time and plays a high line and looks to set offside traps and mm. blah, 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 blah. It was like classic Mourinho. So effectively it's, uh, and so with that 
play into the fact that I said, you know, they looked a lot more energetic in attack is because they're not wasting the extra energy in there and they're just using it to be most effective in the system because Sun Sun and Mora, the way they were playing, it just they were just comfortable and they were they were just sprinting through. I again it's against West Ham. Yes. Um, huge but, grain of salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time grain of salt. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the like hallmark other than like the tactical hallmarks of like, you know, interchanging three and blah, 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 um, is efficiency and like energy efficiency and sitting back after you hold the lead, but always, always seeking to get the lead first and doing that as efficiently as possible so that you have the energy in the second half to defend. They were not able to do that, although part of that was also a lot of bad luck because again, West Ham more than tripled their XG. So like, you know, that was kind of a fluky thing that happens sometimes. But it it did not look like Pochettino's Tottenham. It looked like fucking Jose Mourinho. And it it worries me slightly. They're far back enough that I don't think that they have a shot at top four anymore. But if they had been, you know, in seventh when he came in, I'd be like, oh shit, they might catch us. Because Mourinho knows how to get a fucking results. He knows how to win. And it, it, it's if I'm a Tottenham fan, they feel gross about this, but they also have to be really happy, I think. Because sure, they hate Mourinho, but like, he's gonna he's gonna do some shit with his team, especially if they back him in the summer. We'll see. Because him and Levy are gonna just hate each other. <laughs> like, give it a year. But yeah, well, there must have been some sort of guarantees in there. But you know, they've got uh, a nice few fixtures now, and and obviously it's going to be hilarious because in uh, you know two weeks' time, Jose's going to uh, going to Old Trafford. Um, to sit in the other dugout and and play against Solskjaer, so yeah, and he plays us in the last fixture before Christmas, so Frank versus Jose on like December twenty two or something like that. So plenty of narrative. Mourinho's back. Oh god, it's it's only going to be a matter of time before he's pissing everyone off. But if he stays, if he stays happy, Mourinho, and you know, like clean, like you can tell, you can tell how he is. He's very much like his physical appearance fully dictates his his personality on the day yeah and he looked nice he wasn't wearing like the track suit and like had uh, his hair was actually styled as opposed to like <laughs> the sloppy mess that he was by the end at chelsea and at united like we did say when he got did he fire or did he get did he get fired or did he quit i don't remember from united he got fired right fired yeah yeah, yeah okay we did say that like maybe if he just takes a year off to like sort of do an eat, pray, love, I think was the joke we made, and, like, find himself <laughs> and, like, center himself and do a little yoga. He could come back and still be one of the best fucking managers in the world, and I think that we might see that happening. I really do. I, I don't buy into the bullshit idea that, like, oh, the game has moved on and Mourinho is a 2006 manager. I think that he... What did they... They said on Double Pivot that he plays mid-table football with top-table teams... And that when he can convince players to buy into that, it's terrifying because the reason mid-table teams do that is so they can punch above their weight. And so if he can convince elite talent to play that way, it's fucking unstoppable. Like, it's really crazy. And if I was Pep for next year, I'd be a little worried because look at them now. Look at City now, you know? And I think that's actually a really good place to transition. Um, It wasn't the next game on the fixtures list at all but you know a big one for this week manchester city 2 chelsea 1 uh city 1.3 on xg to chelsea 0.8 so you know a well-deserved win big reason that this isn't the christian pulisic podcast this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah in hindsight it may have been a bad decision to captain pulisic on my fpl team 
Oh, did you? Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what'd you guys make of this? It was it was fun, man. It was really, really good to see that the Chelsea team just, they don't, ch- they, they, the way they play doesn't change at all, which is good that they stay in that confident mindset, especially against, you know, the two-time champions of the league and, and a lot of these players are, as we've said, countless, countless times and it gets repetitive and boring. They're new to the league. They're very young. They're blah, 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 blah. And they're just showing no respect whatsoever to these teams and, and just trying. And, and I think they were good value. Um, it was a very entertaining game. Um, but I just think it was it was just those small little bits that, that allowed City to show why you know, they are considered one of the best teams in the world and, and to kind of get the result there. But I don't think City were necessarily at their best that just took their chances, really. Yeah, I think one sort of uh, stat that I've seen floating around that speaks to that is um, that this was the lowest ever possession in 381 matches for Pep. For yes. Pep. Yeah, uh, man. They had 40. Also, that this is his lowest ever possession is insane, but 46% possession. Yeah, it's not even that low, is it? But Chelsea went and fucking went at him. I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. Not so much from the result, because you go to the Etihad, they're clearly a better team than us, and they win. And that's like, you know, it wasn't like a daylight robbery. Like, they won the XG also, so, you know, what are you going to do kind of thing? But our kids went out there, and they left everything on the pitch, man. They played without fear, and they fucking took it to City, and one or two lucky breaks in either direction, and we easily could have won that match. And and I like we the match ended, and I wasn't like upset for me. Usually, when I'm upset after a football match, it's because like fuck, I'm a fan, and my team lost, and that's sad. I was upset almost in like a paternal way. <laughs> upset for them, yeah. Yeah, I was upset for those kids because they must have felt fucking horrible and i hope that frank gives them like the day off tomorrow no, just to be like <laughs> because i think he what needs is this, to Tottenham? <laughs> fit in or fuck <laughs> off yeah i don't know man i think he needs to really like let them know that like because they made mistakes they were giving the ball away sloppily a lot of people are jumping in on Jorginho this week which like get your fucking head out of your ass he's been our best player all year come on like yeah he was kind of sloppy in possession but so was everyone else but like let them know that he appreciates and we appreciate that they tried. And it wasn't perfect, but they're a young team and that shit's going to happen. But that, like, they shouldn't feel down. Yeah. They should use this as motivation. Because this could be soul-crushing. Yeah, but why, why didn't um, Reese James play? Was there something up with that? Because, obviously, he played very well against Palace. Um, and, you know, the battle with Zaha was great. And Mares being of a similar kind of mold in that he's quite tricky and 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 direct like why why did he switch back to emerson um so when reese james was in he's a right back so it would have had as up against mares on the left okay and i think because mares is a left-footed winger you don't want to have a right-footed defender up against him because then that sort of gives him the advantage in terms of cutting in and being able to sort of i don't know create more space that way and sort of get as P off balance, you want a left footed and defender. Exactly, up. do what he did to score the goal. Right, right. You know, whichever Emerson didn't really do a particularly good job of that either. But Ew. like tactically, that makes sense. I actually, you'll like this because conspiracy theory Oscar is coming out for a second. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so much has been made of Aspie's sixty something, eighty something. I don't even remember how much consecutive 
games streak he had never not started and never not played for Chelsea. Like, he was just absurdly healthy, like not even injuries, nothing. And at some point, that streak was going to have to end. And I think Frank being as intelligent as he is, because, like, he literally is a genius level IQ. Said that a few times. And, like, that's absolutely true. Um, I think he wanted that story to not be part of the narrative if Aspi loses form and he needs to bring Reese James in to replace him. That would just be an added sort of like, oh, are you going to drop him? Because he has his streak going. And I think he was like, if I drop him now and just blame it on rotation. Yeah, he didn't play against Palace. So just, you know, that's clearly not like Aspi has been particularly bad or anything. It was just like a, yeah, it's rotation. That happens sometimes kind of thing that deletes that narrative or takes it off the table for later. And so that's why I think Reese James came in. But I don't think Reese James is like the preferred right back. I just think that was like a one-off thing. Um, and that, again, is like just me completely reading wildly into the situation and putting on my tinfoil hat. But but to me, it does make sense that he would want to take that narrative away from later if Aspie, because Aspie's getting old, right? If he needs to drop him for like quality reasons, that doesn't just, it makes it a little bit easier further down the line. Um, That's where I'm at. But yeah, I mean, City were just better. Not by much. We really took it to him, especially in the first half. You did. Chelsea were doing like... They were perfectly happy in possession in City's half. Like, no nerv- nervousness at all. They were doing training ground sort of passing, quick, quick, sharp passing in City's half uh, with no worries whatsoever. Yeah, and I think people were trying to make something out of like, oh, Mount got dropped. Was that a bad decision? I think he played the exact correct lineup. I yeah. think he had the exact correct attitude and tactics. I think he even made the exact perfect substitutions at 60 minutes bringing on Mount... And Mishi, for a little added energy and to mm-hmm. spur on the attack, I think he, like, we played our best players, we gave it our, we shot our shot, and... Only just you know, lost. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think there can be any real grievance there with, with what happened. Obviously, there's VAR, you know, usual bullshit uh, for some <laughs> oh, yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Um, they won anyway, so no one's talking about it. Gosh darn Raheem Sterling, man. Ugh. Yeah, did you see his tweet that was like... My fucking, I have the like best goal record against VAR or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was it was very good, and and I think City, from a City perspective, they needed that. They needed to show that, you know, even going a goal down against a team like Chelsea that are scoring so many goals, that they they can come back and win. Yeah, and City cannot afford to drop points if they want to be in the title conversation, even against nah. Chelsea. Like they need to be winning everything to catch up to Liverpool. They want to have any chance. They need to be winning everything to catch up to Leicester at this rate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to need to be perfect from here on in, pretty much, yeah. Their chances, even with that come-from-behind winner, they're still down to 28% to win the, the title, according to 538. That's, that's still a lot when you're nine points off, though. Sure, but it's also not nearly as much as it should be, considering the fact that they are, like, the best team. They, they just are the best team. But it hurt our title chances. We're down to 2% now, so the dream might be over, guys. <laughs> Did it? Did did we start dreaming? Did we were we asleep? I don't. Yeah, it was up to three. The dream was fully alive. Yeah. Oh, it went exactly. up to triple digits. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no triple percentage points. I think we're a triple yeah. digit. A triple digit. Hundred percent yeah. with one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Um, so let's move on then to a team that is a joke, and that is Arsenal two, Southampton two. <laughs> oh. Bro. Arsenal very nearly approaching Burnley of the Week territory. 
uh, scoring two on 1.6, but they were outscored 1.0 on the XG because Southampton generated Southampton, mind you. South at the fucking Emirates generated 2.6. That includes uh, a pen, wow. but still. I mean, Southampton can feel bad. Um, I think in the same way that Palace, uh, for only getting a point against Arsenal, feel bad because they were there for the taking and they had more chances and just so many things that that were highlighted. Um, loved the quick free kick um, oh. for Southampton and, and Danny Ings just running through when when you have I think it's five Arsenal defenders just turned and facing the referee. Um, just shocking. Absolutely awful. shocking. And 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 it was great that the equalising goal at the end, uh, Lacazette, like didn't even celebrate it, just stood still, just kind of bent over, just like he knew that like this is not this is not a good thing. This is not something to celebrate or to be <laughs> yeah, happy about. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that I've just saved us, uh, you know, complete embarrassment and got us a point. They they dropped to eighth and they're now behind Burnley in the table. After yeah. that result, and and for all their laughing, they're they're only one point above Tottenham now. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, and uh, their top four chances, according to five thirty eight. And again, at this point, the st- the sample size is definitely big enough that these are pretty important numbers. Yeah. Their top four chances are down to six percent. Top four chances. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chelsea is seven points clear of Wolves, who are in fifth. Right, and Chelsea are eight points clear of Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, and they're only eleven points ahead of Palace. So. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you'll love this. Palace are not are still registering a blip on the qualify for Champions League spots at one yes. percent. Oh, maybe one of Oscar's predictions for who's going to be in the top four will be right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I'm looking at this, you know whose chances jumped up a whole fucking lot this week? Uh, Wolves, and now, now they're fifth. Tottenham. No, now the favorites that are currently outside the top four to make the top four are Tottenham at twenty percent. Oh yeah, come on! Now, of course, this new manager bounce, new manager bounce, actually winning a game. Um, you know, players having smiles on their faces. That they do have like, one of the weaker schedules too for the rest of the season. They've kind of gotten a lot of their hard matches out of the way. Do they? Yeah. So that factors in. But right now, it looks like the top four is pretty much decided according to five thirty eight. Obviously, Liverpool and City are in. Chelsea are eighty two percent, and Leicester are still even Leicester, who have been overperforming, are seventy three percent. So wow. it does look like if it's going to be anyone, it'll be Tottenham. I would throw United out there also, and they're in there with 9%. But yeah, it's not. So I don't know. I don't have much to say about Arsenal. It's just same old shit. No, like, it's awful. And it's it's how, why? I mean... <laughs> that's what they're saying too. Like yeah. It's just the, how, level, the levels of the clubs. You look at Tottenham. Tottenham never won, never won anything. Right, and 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 what makes it so perfect is just the way they laugh at each other. Tottenham never won anything, didn't want any, win any trophies under their best manager, hadn't won any trophies before that. Then you've got Arsenal, who are meant to be this amazing club, blah, 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 blah. Tottenham go on a small one bad run in what Pochettino's four or five years, whatever it was. Right, get rid. Unai Emery, nah, just crack on, mate. Just play just dog shit football and not have a clue and rely on two elite strikers to somehow claw you through all of it. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's really... And, like, I I put this out to our Twitter and I did not mean it as a troll job at all. Like, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I genuinely wonder, like, 
Because it's hard to understand the mind of Arsenal fans, right? Like, it's just a weird place to be. Well, that's just why. Why Arsenal? Like, yeah. No, it's, you're right. It's like when I watch serial killer documentaries and I just can't right, exactly. place myself. Yeah, absolutely. If I'll ask you guys, because I asked Twitter and I didn't particularly get a consensus. There was, there was just like straight up disagreement. If you're an Arsenal fan right now and you're looking at Tottenham hiring Mourinho and probably are going to improve, they already got the win and it looks like it's much more competent. And you're still running Emery out after all this fucking time. Are you jealous? Like, yes, they hate Mourinho like crazy, but would they not at this point take Mourinho in a heartbeat? I think they're shitting themselves because this means like the highest they can probably hope to aim for is sixth. <sighs> Fuck me, that's such a sentence. I think <laughs> that's probably what it is because if you look, you look at your percentage of Tottenham right now. You said their top four is twenty percent or whatever. Yeah. So. That basically makes them favourites for fifth place-ish. Um, yep, exactly. So the top four is basically going to stay as it is. Tottenham are going to overtake Arsenal. Great. So now we need to hope that we don't get embarrassed by Wolves, Sheffield United, Burnley or United, who've also been fucking dog shit, and somehow finish sick. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And they're dead even with Wolves for in terms of probability of making a Champions League spot. Yeah, exactly. Because Wolves, you know, they're on 19 points, but they had such a poor start to the season and now they're undefeated in five. Um, yep. And you look at Arsenal, who have got three points from the last five games, and those three points have come against Southampton, Wolves and Palace. Like, they're, they're, then they've lost to Sheffield United and they've lost to Leicester. Now, granted, Leicester, uh, you know, they're doing wonders this season, but come on now. Like, yeah. As much Ugh. as we laugh and think Arsenal are a joke, they should be winning pretty much all of those games all the time. Yep, and Arsenal are down to 13th unexpected points. Yeah. If he if they lose to Norwich this week, or don't get three points, or even concede a fucking goal, like he just should just be gone. He should be gone already, and I don't think yeah. that's even like remotely a hot take. So I guess the real question is like, is there a point where they're actually gonna fire him, or is he just Safe till the end of the year 23 now. 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. We're always asking for managers to be given a chance. Come on, give him a chance. 23 years. What does he need to do to get fired? I genuinely, like, I fucking mean that as a question. It, like, losing to Norwich, is that actually going to be enough? Or this is Southampton. And they got played, they got outplayed by mm. Southampton at the fucking Emirates. Yeah, credit like, again to Southampton. Like we've mentioned, they've yeah. been showing fight recently and they've, they've shown fight again. Um, it's it's weird that at the minute, Hassan Hutel isn't one of the ones in the managerial firing discussions so much. It, it kind of centers around Pellegrini, Marco Silva, Unai Emery, and I mean, obviously, Kike Sanchez Flores. Obviously. But, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's something to do with just the way they're playing and they're actually still showing the unity and, and getting on board. And, and they were so unlucky uh, yeah. not to win that game, like so unlucky. And it was just just a couple of moments that, that meant that, that they didn't uh, get the three points, uh, be that attacking or obviously switching off a tiny bit towards the end for Lacazette's equaliser. Yeah, um, I agree completely. Uh, and speaking of unlucky, let's move on to your beloved Crystal uh, Palace. Speaking of unlucky, but my God, what a bloody fun game. Go on, football. How are you feeling after that? Well, let me give the score first. Palace scoring one to Liverpool's two. Oh, Palace 1.3 oh, <laughs> to 1.5 on XG. So very, very mm. harsh to lose that. I mean, it's, Palace Liverpool is just, even when we've been smashed by them, like it's pretty much all it. 
always been such a good game. Um, obviously, we had the history for a while uh, of getting good results. Like that's long gone. Uh, last time we beat uh, Liverpool, and in fact, the last time Liverpool were uh, beaten at home was when uh, Allardyce was manager of Palace. So Bloody we're going a, a fair way back now. My word. <laughs> that's the last time Liverpool lost at Anfield. Jeez, okay. Uh, was against Sam Allardyce's Palace. Uh, when Benteke, wow. when Sacco was on loan and did the uh, handshake with Benteke, that was great fun. Um, memory. Memory. <laughs> alone in the moonlight. Different memories. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but still memorable, all the same. Um, but it's just, it's just an absolute ding dong. I mean, I knew, I knew what the, obviously knew what the score was, and and you'd spoken to me. You guys had spoken to me a little bit about what had happened because I missed a game. I watched it on match of the day, and when the highlights finished, my heart was going a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, like it was palpitating and. I think it was that excitement that I mean when I you guys were telling me how it was going but then I looked at the you know the team sheet and the substitutions made and it was all like all of that was categorically the same as it always is um except Benteke got brought on this time which which was good and he looked very very um much more confident. I think he got a goal for Belgium in the international break and obviously for the Palace goal, uh, he made a really good run where he kind of beat two uh, Liverpool players and kind of you like distributed the ball very well to play another two out of the game uh, before Townsend laid it off to Zaha. Um, and it was a very brief kind of positive after then because obviously then Firmino uh, gets to go ahead. But so much better. Like it was... It was kind of what I was crying out for Palace to play like that way against Chelsea. Mm, like just yeah, just that's right. going for it and being coherent and, and just trying something. And that and that was what it was. Andros Townsend in his post match said it was kind of the best we played all season and I and I think from from all the games that I've seen I'd I'd agree with that and you know, can feel very, very bad. I mean, obviously there's the Disallowed goal and uh, Mane uh, getting a good goal um, as he's he's you know on fire for Liverpool and and they're they're still just getting the results when they're not playing when they they aren't necessarily playing that well um, which does make me wonder like how long like seriously it's how long can that go on because it seems like that's been the narrative for about five or six weeks that Liverpool haven't Dude, looked that great. That's been the narrative since like fucking game week two. Are you kidding? Like I've been on about that for fucking <laughs> forever. The 1.5 to 1.3 and they scrape another win and it's another fucking last minute goal. And, you mm. know, it's a running joke that like, you know, a Liverpool fan is born with it's our year tattooed on their face. <laughs> right? Like, but I feel like it actually fucking is. <laughs> like, this is their yeah. year, genuinely. Like, how many times can they get a lucky break like that? Shit? And they, ha- I think they've got, is it, I think it's something like eight goals in eight different games. Sorry, they've scored after the eighty-fifth minute this season. Or, oh, they're, or something. they're the new Man United when it comes to this uh, scoring in the last sort of ten, ten minutes or stoppage mm. time or whatever. Without a doubt, they're the new Man United. I mean, and that's you know. Man United got an in, back in the day got an incredible amount of their points from those last minute goals. Obviously, so if they can continue doing that, you know it's it's a I, I genuinely think it might be a done deal with Liverpool. I it's, do too. It's I think it's done. Either of you guys care wow. to guess as to how many points they've overperformed the expectation by? Uh, 
I'll give you some. I'll give you some context. The next most, they're the most, obviously. The next <laughs> most are Leicester by eight. So Leicester have put up twenty point seven, and they're on twenty nine. Okay, so because of the way Liverpool have played, I will say Liverpool probably about fifteen ahead, fifteen points. Jesus Christ, fifteen is insane. I don't know. No, I don't know it's numbers. Not 15. Twelve, uh, four, six, uh, one, one point. He's panicking. He's panicking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll chuck uh, Ian. Do you want to give it a guess? Here? What's the point? He's had all the guesses. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the third most overperformed is Newcastle at five point five overperformed. The second, as I just mentioned, is Leicester at eight point three overperformed, and Liverpool are eleven point two overperforming the expectation. Wow. That's how fucking lucky they've been. And that's what I mean. But last year, it was. I mean, it was after the last time Palace played uh, Liverpool and it was the 4-3, which went, again, went right to the end. It was a very, very exciting game. And it's kind of after that was when you saw a bit of Liverpool's weakness. So I don't know if I'm putting some sort of voodoo out into the world and my team are going to influence them again and destroy them because after that is when they then let the seven-point lead go, I believe, last season. Someone check it. I don't know. None of you fact-checked me anyway. Um, <laughs> Say what you like, mate. So Liverpool are going to let it slip now and Man City are going to win the league. <laughs> okay. Oh, that would make me so happy. All because of Palace. That would make me so fucking happy. <laughs> the king I really hope so. Both in terms of like they're the new Burnley that just unreasonably overperformed their numbers and in terms of the delight of having to watch Liverpool choke one more time. That would be great. I don't think it's happening. No, Sorry. it's not. It's so unlikely at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess we'll wrap up very briefly on United Sheffield. Uh, 3 3 United. It's 1.3 to 1.6. It's, it's called Sheffield United, Oscar. <laughs> it's a two club city. They'll get very upset. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he doesn't think we're being serious, Chuck, but we are. They'll get very yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely are. I can tell. I can hear Dave screaming at his headphones right now. <laughs> Uh, so we had Sheffield versus Manchester. Sheffield scoring three, Manchester scoring three, uh, 1.6 to 1.3 on XG. So both of them wildly overperforming. That was a hell of a match. What was it, seven goals in the last five minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Something seven like goals in a six-goal game. Um, no, it was, I think it was 2-0 Sheffield United in the... 72nd minute, I think. Yeah, 72nd or 74th, something like that. Four goals in 18 minutes. uh, Stoppage time equaliser for Sheffield United. And I think Chris Wilder will be pissed off about that. Massively pissed off. Letting that slip. Uh, They were at home. Sheffield United were at home as well. Uh, But a lot of kind of unknown names uh, coming through for Manchester United in terms of like the, you know, just looking on FPL. Uh, kind of thing. Some <laughs> bloke called Brandon Williams. Yeah, that, that, that notification came through because I wasn't, I hadn't got home yet, and uh, the notification came through. And it's like Brandon Williams. I was like, who the fuck is Brandon Williams? <laughs> yeah, you just automatically <laughs> assume, oh, that's a Sheffield United own goal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why I've never heard of him. Yeah. Also, on un- relatively unknown, I think it's uh, Marcus Rashford. Never heard of Rashford. Him. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, getting a goal and an assist in this one. Some I'm bloke. feeling mildly vindicated, both because I spent weeks saying once Rashford and Martial would be healthy, they'd start scoring some goals, and they have been scoring goals since they came back. And also, I took a points hit like at 7.45 Saturday morning, like 10 minutes after the Tottenham match had started, and I was like, okay, getting in Sun and getting in Rashford, 
as quickly as possible, and they both went on to score. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Hopefully I'm going to catch some price rises. Wow. I don't know. Aggressive points hits for me. Yeah. I didn't take a points hit last week, so it was, it was itchy. My yeah, I was itchy. worried. I was worried because I looked at your score, and that was actually your score. <laughs> he didn't have to minus four <laughs> or eight or 12. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was still beating you. Um, obvs. But obvs. Yeah, see, I didn't do a points hit, and now I'm having a bad week. It's a, that's how it goes, man. I, the more of a points hit I get, mm. the better of a week I have. Right. Well. I mean, I was above you before that. Um, <laughs> yes. And beating you as well. Uh, whatever. Um, anyway, talking about how I'm the greatest of everyone. Um, well, well we? beating Oscar. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty sure, pretty sure. Just uh, roll the take back and uh, just check. Uh, press pause. Welcome back. Yes, you have found out that I am the greatest. Yeah, um good. We move on to FPL. Uh, our team, again, I mean, our podcast team is just too good. I know. You're going to take over soon, aren't you, Chuck? What do you mean? No, right. it's my team. It's yeah. my team. Oh, yeah, it yeah. just is your yeah, team, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I might do is just wait till game week 37 and then change the names over and be like, oh, we took a 400 <laughs> points hit and now we're... Uh, but no, 75 points uh, all out for the podcast No, it's team. not all out because we should... Well, actually, is it all out for us? Yeah. Sorry, yes. what, I meant by, what I meant by that is we should say we are recording before Aston Villa Newcastle, which I'm sure will have massive implications in the fantasy football world. Yeah, but not on our yeah. team's no, score that because was the we mistake. don't own any players from those that teams. That was the mistake I made. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Oscar, just... we're, we're losing to that guy. I know. <laughs> no, all oh, right, Hard okay, fuck off. He doesn't even understand how the game. I I wanted to get a Newcastle player in, but the, <laughs> the people, the listener men, the the, the listener and the, the ear women, they <laughs> didn't want to vote for it. So they didn't. I think he's just confused. Ian, this is mm. a podcast. You are at home. Mm. Your name is Ian Stimson. Mm. He hasn't taken his pill this morning. Let's face yeah. it, Oscar. I took um, a pill. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why my laptop is rising like this. Yeah, I was going to say, was it blue? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 75 points off the back of two 80-plus weeks. Uh, I've we still are... got target left to play, so I'm not all out. Oh, for fuck, we're not talking about your team. <laughs> what, not my team? No. Yeah, okay. No. Doing well. Another green arrow. You're right, fine. Uh, so, the podcast team is just outside the top 100,000 now. Um, we're doing very, very well. So, we want to keep that going. And, obviously, we're coming up to game week 14 and got our suggestions. So, gentlemen, um, what are we going for? What is our proposed transfer? We only have one freebie and we have 0.6 million in the bank. Well, run it back. Just copy-paste from last week. I said Mason Mount is in for some rotation potentially now that Conte's back healthy. Mm. He did get rotated out. I do mm-hmm. think that's going to be probably a regular thing. He'll be in and out. I don't think he's not going to see minutes, but he's not an assured starter. Mm-hmm. And so Mount for Pulisic, just like last okay. week. Yeah. Um, it's a good job then that yeah. we aren't 0.1 million short to do that. Fucking you hell. Haven't checked the bank balance. Looking for his transfer. Didn't check the game though. What an idiot. And there is absolutely no chance whatsoever that me and Ian had a 10 minute conversation laughing about how funny that was before we started recording. <laughs> we God knew you were going to choose that. We knew you 
like you were gonna choose it. And well, I don't do. I I don't know how much money we have. Well, it's all there. It's plain to see. No, it's a, it's a nightmare, isn't it? You got to click on that transfer page. And then yeah. just have a quick look. Mm. What a it, you know what would help, Ian? Ian, it would really help if all the players just had the values next to their names. Uh, would. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Do you guys have the login to the pod team? Because I fucking don't. Oh, do- <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm always like, how much money do we have? I don't know who we have on a discount. Uh, right. For God's <laughs> sake. Did you give it to me? Did I, did yes. I just lose that information? <laughs> Yes, we probably no, did. Well, at least now you know why I never have the right transfer suggestion. <laughs> right, okay. So, Oscar, you're going to have to look and that can come up with a new one because, yeah, Mount Pulisic is no longer a goer. No good. No good. Um, not going to say that that is because Mount has dropped point two since you originally suggested. <laughs> yeah, we could have done it. Mount Pulisic. Could have done it last week, mate. Could have done it. Uh, you should have campaigned for it harder. <laughs> I did. Oh, I'm so mad right no, now. No, Chuck's so been out kissing mad. babies. He's been, I mean, that's separate, but like, he's been on the campaign trail. <laughs> Big time Fuck for it. I'm saying roll the transfer. I don't even want to play anymore. Where are my pram? Where are my toys? Where's my pram? No, 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 you've got to suggest something. no, don't cop You've got out. time. You've got time. Me and Chuck will talk you, about it. You've got ours. time. No, actually, I'm going to say roll the transfer because my goal is just to get Pulisic in and no one will ever agree to points hit. So if I roll the transfer, the next week I can do two. And we can actually get him. Oh, fine. Well, what we'll do is is we'll get on, I don't know, we'll ask a Patreon to come up with an idea then. There we <sighs> go. And we'll do it using our brand new Slack channel that oh, we've just started. hello. Plug. Um, we Yeah, Patreons, you get access to the Slack. So for those of you that haven't seen on Twitter, please check your emails and join, because at the minute it's just like four of us just shouting <laughs> into the void at each other. <laughs> so all of our Patreons? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. We're having a lovely old time over there. We're having a great time. There's there's food chat. There's yep. FPL chat. Yep. There's sock chat. Yep. Sam Danby's loving that. Oh, he's, he's uh, the main one in there. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we'll do is we'll put something in there and you guys can suggest and we'll come up with uh, one option Yeah. for... Actually, that might be a cool thing to do every week. We would do a poll that has four maybe, options. Maybe, maybe, but you're not going to fucking cop out every week. <laughs> no, all right. I'm going to say Madison to Pulisic. No one's going to vote for that, but whatever. Oh, we can't do that anyway. For fuck's sake. Yes, we can. No, we can't. We've got no, three we have Chelsea three players. Chelsea players already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it has to be a points hit. So anyway, let me just complete the plug and say patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. And there you can uh, sign up for $5 a month and you'll help us out. There's FPL mini pods from me, the currently top player in the podcast. Apart from me and my other team. Target still to play, don't forget that. Um, and you've got uh, Oscar's restarted the Nerdy Nerd Stand, um, Nerdy News Stand, new, right. Newsy Nerd Stand. Newsy Stand Nerds. Um, and all that stuff. So there's extra, extra content and the Slack channel now that Chuck has been good enough to start because I don't know how technology works. So Yeah, I spent about an hour trying to figure it out and you weren't much help. Well, 45 minutes of that was trying to get me sorted on it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, what's an email? Um, exactly. Okay, so Oscar is saying roll the transfer. Ian no, no, Wicks- no, I have one now. I actually did some clicking. Oh, oh, for God. Oh, 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 right. Sorry. <laughs> this is exactly second. what we said to do, but he got all pissy, didn't he, and thrown his yeah, toys out well, of the Well, you know, all right, fine. He's, I'm gonna say you know, he's, he's going to take my odds now, isn't he? Ian? Oh, I hope so. Maybe. I'm going to go mount to Snodgrass. Oh, no. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Okay, well, you're insane. We can afford that. Snodgrass, who hadn't played until 
four weeks ago he's he's back. He's got nine, yeah. nine, two, and four, a goal, a goal, and an assist in four weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I suggested him three weeks ago and you laughed at me. Yeah, you know, well, I'm <laughs> suggesting him now and I'm not laughing at me, so. God, he's so, so pissy. He's so anti-democracy. Yeah, I know, right? God. <laughs> uh, Ian, what's, what's your suggestion, buddy, as the winning person out of us? Mine is so anti-glamour, I know it's not going to win, but um, Diop is stinking up our back line. Uh, he's also wait we have he's... Diop oh fuck I'm looking at my team oh Jesus Christ <laughs> oh, for... <laughs> honestly it's like talking to me and you have a go at him for not knowing technology and being old it's you man <laughs> right have a look and see if you want to change it and I'll no 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 go I'm through. good I'm good mounted <laughs> no it's locked in now I'm doing I'm do- it's, that's it it's yeah, it is decided <laughs> right mine is Really boring, but Diop's got to go. He's suspended as well, so time to go. Diop to uh, Bulldog, uh, Sheffield United. I just want all in on their players. Yeah, all their, their players that we probably won't play. Yeah, but you've got to have someone on the bench playing. Uh, it's coming into that. This is a FPL cliche coming into that busy festive period when there's. We always worry about way Ooh. more rotation than actually happens. We need a strong bench. I mean, yeah, do we bollocks? But that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't like Diop, so he's got to go. Ah, it's a Diop. It's a is a no good. Um, well then, so if that's your one, I'm gonna put forward mine, um, which Oscar might like a bit because it does go some way to facilitating his inevitable suggestion of getting Pulisic in. Okay. Um. So I would also drop Mason Mount. Um, I think just with the rotation and, like you said, he's not been in the best of form. Um, and also our team is is quite, as the FPL community say, template, as it were. And you don't like that? No. And we, we've got like four of the five highest owned highest percentage owned midfielders. We've got the two highest percentage owned uh, forwards. But I think the third is like fifth, sixth highest owned. Uh, we've got three of the five highest owned defenders. So I think we can afford to take a little bit of a risk okay. and a bit of a punt. Snodgrass. So it's not Snodgrass, no. <laughs> okay. uh, I am going to go, because he's looked bloody great recently and fixtures are green as fuck, uh, I'm going to go for my boy Will Saha. Oh. oh. Going to get him in. Uh, we get a point one back. Because uh, he's 6.6, and Mount we've got at 6.7. Um, fixtures coming up. Burnley, Bournemouth, yes. Watford, Brighton, yes. Newcastle, West Ham, yes. Southampton, Norwich, Arsenal. Oh, yes. That blue pill's kicking in. That is 27 points, baby. Uh, genuinely, though, if we don't get 15 points, I'm probably going to kill myself <laughs> um, out of those fixtures. And, uh, yeah, so I, I want I want some Zaha. Let's get him Let's get him in. Let's ride some Palace gravy train, baby. How much is Milivojevic? Can I change my answer? He is 6.7. Can so we afford that? So the exact that? same we have Mount. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm going to change my that. answer to Milivojevic then. That is a great run of fixtures. No. <laughs> no, let him do that because I, I quite like Milivojevic. So. Oh, fine. Yeah, let him do that. Basically stealing my answer. Yes. Changing his answer. God, you flip-flopper, you... Uh, so that's it then. So we'll stick mount, that out. Yep, mount out for Milivojevic or Zaha or it's a Diop out for Bulldog. I mean, no one's going to vote no, for that. Are no they? one's going to vote for that. But you know, uh, no. I thought I'd give um, someone else a chance. And Patreons, you will be well. I mean, by this time you would have already selected it. 
I guess. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Time is really confusing. It's tricky, me. isn't it? You've always yeah. struggled with this, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, because like we release in the future. To us. To us. Yeah. But this is the. Yeah, mm. but you don't usually yeah. put out the poll until like Friday night, so <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Ah, uh, Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, and speaking of that, so basically, if you want to vote on these polls, then we are Miles Offside Pod on Twitter. Uh, we don't put it on Facebook, but we're on there. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. Obviously, we don't put polls on there, but I put sometimes a little funny video if I can be bothered to cut one. Uh, oh, come is... on. You love cutting those little videos. Yeah, come on. Your, your little eyes light up every time. Oh, I love cutting the little videos. It's just where I get time to do them because you guys are just so cuttable. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no worries. Well, and with that, let's look at next week's fixtures. Uh, beginning on... Wait, am I on the right week? Yes, I am. Only 14. Uh, we are beginning on Saturday, 30th of November. The early fixture is uh, Newcastle at home to Man City. And then, as Ooh. we, as I stated at length uh, before, we start that Palace beautiful green run uh, playing against Burnley. Chelsea have got West Ham, so... Maybe we shouldn't actually drop Mason now. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Um, Liverpool have got Brighton, Spurs, Bournemouth. Then 5.30 Saturday, go out, do something. Do something. Right. Yeah. Um, move on. <laughs> See the family. Uh, it's Southampton, Watford. I mean, again, Southampton fans, you've got Watford, then Norwich. Like, Jesus Take Christ. your fucking chance. And both of those games are on TV. Jeez. Ah. Oh. Then Sunday, 1st of December. Countdown to Christmas, baby. Uh, Norwich host Arsenal. Norwich win. Um, then we've got Wolves, Sheffield United at the same time. Leicester, Everton. Man United, Aston Villa. Let me interrupt, actually, because you just said countdown to Christmas and I've forgotten something. I've got us a new, for UK listeners, I've got us a new Amazon Prime link. And I, I was thinking, I was using the old noggin. If you use this link that I'm going to put in the show notes, so the link will be in the show notes and you follow that and you can sign up to Amazon Prime for a free 30 day trial, right? You can right. get all of your Christmas presents delivered for free. You can blitz it, bash through and that, free one day delivery and you I've, can I've, get... I'm picking up what you're putting down now, Ian. I'm there. I'm yeah, there with you, you. you. You're with me. With and you. you can get the... Um, in early December, there are a load of fixtures that are on Prime Video. Uh, that oh. is all included, so yeah. you can get them and the Boxing Day fixtures as well, where I think they've got nine Shit. fixtures or something. So if you do that now, that 30-day trial will carry you for up to the Boxing Day fixtures as well, and you can get well, all your Christmas today. presents delivered yeah. for I mean, I mean, it won't, because um, numbers... Oh, wait, yes, no, but when will this go out, dickheads? Oh, God. Oh, God. Fuck me. Ugh. How hard is it? This goes oh, out really in a couple hard. of days. It's time. It's time. Um, it's like forward and backwards and Nikola Tesla and time travel and Terminator. Wait, are um, we in the bit that's getting cut or are we in the bit that's still recording? Because <laughs> I lost track. <laughs> this is exactly it. Like, it's so confusing. I don't know um, where we are. <laughs> but yes, Ian is right that you should sign up to Amazon Prime. Now I'm going to seamlessly link it in so it can't be cut out. Yeah. Um and yeah, so if it's wait until the twenty seventh. Oh, for God's sake! When by the time this comes out, you can follow the Amazon Prime link. Everyone, do that. Give us money. How hard is it? Unless you're a patron, because you get it a day early. Wait, how are your fixtures on Amazon? 
I thought fucking Sky owned yeah, them. Yeah, Oscar doesn't eat. Don't worry about it. Prime Video doesn't have live stuff, or does it? I yes, guess it, it has does. live stuff yes, over it there. Does. It has it has sport all the time. It has tennis very often. Not not over here that I know of. Well, yeah. then you don't get to listen to it because all our sports rights are on like TV. Yeah, but you actually get to watch games. We don't. Yeah, you've got to remember this. <laughs> we, we normally we sell have them to off pay to 70 quid a month. Diff- we sell them off to numerous different people who yeah. spend money, and then we have to have about 18 different yeah. subscriptions to watch these matches. You have to buy yeah. VHSs in the mail, and they send you a four VHS part. Is that not how everyone does it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah by like monthly. Exactly. Subscription-based magazine. It starts off 99p, and then it's seven ninety nine. <laughs> exactly. But that's not how Amazon Prime works. It's exactly how it works. So <laughs> sign up to that on the 27th of November or later, but not later than Tuesday the 3rd of December. Um, and then you will also get 20 games of football for free. Yeah. If you use the link in the show notes. Have we said that enough times? Show notes, Amazon, time travel, watch video, subscription, Patreon. Done. Um, were there any notable fixtures you wanted to talk about for next week? <laughs> you said countdown to Christmas and it just reminded me. Oh, speaking of, have you been listening to Kelly Clarkson yet? I know that's like your oh, go-to. Oh, for God's sakes. No, what? I haven't listened to it once yet. I tried, I yeah, I was doing the uh, the grams, the music and sound effects on one of the shows I work on and they were trying to get a Leona Lewis and song like on the show for like Christmas and I was like, no, the best modern Christmas song is Kelly Clarkson. Didn't fly, so I haven't heard it yet. Well, I was listening to it on the way home the other day, and I thought of your bright little face singing it yeah. on the pod this time last year. Love that tune. But I won't seek it out. I need it presented to me. Do you want me to play it right now? Nope. <laughs> Needs to be organic. Fair enough. I was at, I may or may not have mentioned this on the podcast, but I was that way for years and years with figs. Have I mentioned this before? Nope. What? <laughs> so you guys know figs? Like the fruit? The fruit. I guess it's a fruit. The yep. food. Yeah. Um, I was in like high school, I guess, or something. And I read that the ancient Greeks considered it so good that surely it was not meant for humanity, but only for the gods. Brilliant. And I had never had a fig to that point. They're much more common over there, I think, than they are here. Because um, they don't grow around here. They're pretty expensive. Okay. So they're not just like out and about and ready and available. Unlike you guys have like your figgy pudding and whatnot. Um, yeah, not, yeah, of course we do. Not really a thing. Everyone but yeah. figgy pudding, is figgy pudding have figs in it? I'm assuming it does from the name. Yeah, but never had it, never seen it, never made it. It's a, yeah, it's a super old, like, yeah, it doesn't okay, really well, happen. But anyway. Um, yeah. So I had never had one to that point in my life. And I found out that, like, it's so good it must be for Greek gods only and not for humans. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to eat a fig unless yeah. someone presents it to me <laughs> on a platter and is like, me lord, uh-huh. we got you some figs. And, like, and does like a bow and I'm like yeah. ah yes today yeah. is a good day for a fig thank you very much <laughs> right have you ever had a fig I did one time oh fuck's sake I was- one time we were at a very fancy place and it was like um, they were walking around with them on like a past plate like a past hors d'oeuvres thing that had right. figs in it and I was like oh, it's finally <laughs> happening immediately went into the toilet changed into a toga hold on Hold on, Ian, because we know what he's like with identifying. Um, no, no, no. Foods. They said it was fig. Are you they told sure me it, was it was a fig? It could uh, be. Was it, it wasn't a banana or <laughs> or a mini quiche. It wasn't or... a pomegranate either. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was a fig. They're pretty good. Right. Just a anyway. little tart there. Just... <laughs> anything could have been anything. Yeah. Anyway, uh, figs. Um, <laughs> speaking of figs, 
<laughs> Bye. What fixtures stand out to you next week? For fuck's sake, come on, oh, just that get was through this. Really good. That was really good, Chuck. You should be very proud of that. Bravo, You're welcome. sir. Welcome. Uh, what's going to be the highest scoring fixture? Is it going to be City against Newcastle, us against West Ham, or Liverpool against Brighton? Those are the three best attacks. So, Liverpool and Chelsea are at home, so there's that added advantage. But City, oh, it's Spurs, Bournemouth, man. It's Spurs, Bournemouth's the highest scoring game. Spurs can't defend. Bournemouth can't defend. Spurs are all like happy and scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. I misspoke. I meant the biggest win. Like, what's the single team that's going to score the most goals? Biggest dick in. Yes, that one. Ah, uh, okay. Well, Leicester. Oh, Leicester Everton. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, is it, actually? Yeah, baby. God. Everton have got some shitty fixtures coming up as well. I mean, they really... Sh- this should have been... They were they were in sort of sixth or seventh and about to dip. And instead, they're wherever the fuck they are and about to dip into relegation because their fixtures are shocking. Give us a give us a sound out. What, what are they? What are we saying? Hang on. Let me find them very quickly. Can someone answer my fucking question? How many times do I have to rephrase it? Of the three best attacks, which one of those three, and not allowed to answer any of the other fixtures, is going to have the biggest sticking? Is City going to score two more on Newcastle, us on West Ham, or Liverpool on Brighton? Uh, for fuck's sake, you just want us to say Chelsea, so it's no, Chelsea. No, I'm genuinely curious you what you guys think. It's Chelsea. West Ham can't defend for toss. Yeah, but Newcastle, <laughs> man. City against Newcastle. Doesn't Aguero score five against Newcastle like every time? Yeah, but he's injured, isn't it? Everton's fixtures are <laughs> Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. Oh, wow. Wow, and at least two of those are hard. Yeah, well, yeah, come on. Yeah, still. I mean, they'll lose all of them. And then they've got Burnley, and then they're away at Newcastle, and then they're away at Man City. Woof. Hmm. I'm going to say Silver sacked after game week 16. Oh, for after Christmas. After Chelsea. Frank Lampard's getting fired. Should we call it a day? Yeah, all right then. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Um,. Christmas is coming. Amazon, time travel, football, Jose Mourinho. Um, there's probably some other good bits in there. Maybe we'll just make a, another Greatest Hits episode out of that. Yeah. If you made it this far, tweet us the word fig. <laughs> yeah. No tweets. Yeah, please use it in a pun um, yes. or a figure of speech. Oh, um, Oh, on that You're note, spoiling thank us. you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Gentlemen, say goodbye. I think it's going to be Liverpool of the three. Bye. 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 <laughs>